You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm so stoked to sit down with my wife, Bonnie Pugh, the other co-founder of the Union Movement, and we are talking about stereotypes today. You know, I think we look uh, into culture and we can see boxes all over the place, and I think today we want to kind of kind of step back and evaluate, are these boxes um, that we kind of use to define people, are they really necessary and are they even based in truth and are they even really God's design uh, for us? So I'm super excited. I think you're going to enjoy it. But as always, we got to do the super random question. That's right. Super random question. Uh, I don't know if I've done this one before, Bon, but if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, man. I think I'm just going to say Mexican bowls, like a yes. Chipotle bowl. Come on. We just keep going back to that, even in our family. It's no, like seriously. just comfort food. Yeah. And there's so much variety of option in saying that, you know. There is, yeah. So I think that's healthy. Yeah, seriously. With guac. Always with guac. Right. And then there's the dividing line of like with cilantro or not, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that that's- is the dividing line. It is true. Yeah. We are cilantro people. Very much cilantro people. And uh, we know that we know that some of you out there are appalled, but. Yeah, they've probably even just totally. Unsubscribed. Yeah, they just clicked seriously. it right now. I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Good one. All right. What do you got? Okay. Okay. Oh, I just thought of. Again, I'm like, I don't know what. We should like have a list of questions that we've we totally asked in the should. past because I'm like, maybe I've asked you this one. Yeah. That's boring. Okay. Okay. Here's a different one. Um, Disneyland or Six Flags? Six Flags. Okay. And then tell me. I No, but I have like, I think I have a, I have a bad experience at Disneyland that's kind of tainted Aww. my memory there. So like uh, it was super hot when we were there and we decided there's a place kind of like. It's like a smoothie place called uh, Jamba Juice. Oh, yeah. And it's it's within the Disneyland. Gates. The greater. Yeah, within the gates, I guess. Um, and I decided to get to get a smoothie on the way back to the hotel or where we were staying. And um, I just hadn't drank enough water that day. And so I had this like coconut pina colada deal. Mm hmm. And it just was really milk based. <laughs> and so like uh, a really hot day, dehydrated and drank a bunch of milk product. And it was just like I felt like a slug and just totally just. Yeah, it was bad news. So then you ended up going to were you back at Disneyland later in the afternoon and just. Felt oh, gross? I wouldn't know. I went back to the hotel and just like I slept. Oh, my like, God. I felt like so gross. And so, um, yeah, I spent a little bit of time at Disneyland that day, but not not. <laughs> Not nearly as much as I probably could have because I had a milk product, <laughs> milk-based smoothie. Let that, let that be a warning to you yes. all. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Drink water and stay away from milk on a hot day. And I day. think we need to redeem. We'll need to redeem Disneyland. Yeah, seriously. But I will say the reason why I like Six Flags so much is because I got to ride on Goliath roller coaster with you. Back before we were dating. Yeah, we weren't dating or anything like that. It's not like we liked each other or anything like that. No, no, no. (laughs) 
totally liked each other. Yeah. Just we didn't were know how group to deal setting. With it. Yeah. Mission on a way back from a missions trip. Yeah. Seriously. That was a fun day. It was a fun day. Anyways, we digress. Yeah. We'll have to talk about our dating life one day. Yeah. Because that lots of stories in there. I think we should talk about your Riddler problem at Six Flags. Okay, next time. I next can't. Time. Okay. Which, it's already, you know, time's taken. Mental note, bring up the Riddler. Give uh-huh. her. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So, boxes, Bonnie. We like to put people in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> we call them, uh, by another name, we call them stereotypes. We call them, yeah. you know, whatever. But I think a lot of times we do that. Why do you think there there is that tendency within culture um, for us to put boxes on you know, on, on people mm. and say, just because you're a man, you should be like this or just a woman, be, you should be like this. Yeah. I think it, in some ways I feel like it, uh, creates a sense of control mm. over each other and a sense of like, if I can put it in a box, then I can contain it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say that's probably one of the biggest reasons it's easier to say like, what am I dealing with here? And then work with that. But so the question that we're posing today is are are all the cultural norms, are all of them wrong? Mm-hmm. Are all of them right? Mm-hmm. Or are there some that we need to, or do we need to sort through and figure out which is which? Right. And so um, I've, this has been a topic I've been pretty passionate about for years. Um, I think it started, I didn't even know that it was such a key issue for me until I was probably, I think I was around 19 years old. And, uh, and I kind of had breakthrough in it, in an understanding of my own, of my own femininity, mm-hmm. I would say. So, cause growing up, I felt like I was not a stereotypical girl in that. Um, I mean, I even remember being very young and myself and my older sister going to play at a friend's house. And there was a, uh, you know, there was a sister and a brother there. The brother was a few years older than us. And I remember sneaking out of the Barbie, out of playing Barbies with my friend, with my sister and her friend to go play Lego down the hall mm, with the older brother. Right. And I, and I remember feeling embarrassed about it. And they, I remember even being teased like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to go play with the boy toys kind of thing. Right. And so, but I just preferred it. And we literally, he would just like, we would just play Lego in silence. Mm-hmm. And, and I just didn't really, not to say I didn't play Barbies other parts of my life. I totally did. But, um, but there, I just did have that feeling like, I don't know that I'm, all the things that I see stereotypically girl. So mm-hmm. I was even resistant to the color pink because I thought I don't want to, I don't want to get boxed into that. Like you think, Oh, you think I have to like that color? Well, I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so even now I've had to um, like purpose to be like, I'm okay. It's okay. I don't like all tones of pink, but some are okay. You know, <laughs> anyways. Um, so I, yeah, I just think I always felt a little bit um, even jealous of boys. I think I would, looked over the fence and saw, thought the grass was greener to be a male looked, um, just less difficult. You know, even I thought like, okay, you don't have to go through childbirth or like the menstrual cycle. Uh, if it gets hot out, you can take your shirt off. And when you're playing outside, you know, like this, me as a little kid, you know, reasoning through it. Uh, Pee standing up. Yes. That, you know, that's (laughs) (laughs) too much <laughs> <laughs> no i i that's that for sure was yeah, a serious. i was a little bit jealous about it so anyway so i didn't realize that i had pushed off an element of my femininity mm. and was even like not yeah just kind of like maybe something's wrong with me um i also could see within myself like a te- i had a tendency to competition and even maybe like uh 
like leadership within myself. And I had a sense that I had a voice and that's not, that's not always, um, it's not always welcomed in a female. Mm-hmm. And so, so at a young age, yeah, I just started wrestling with those things. Anyway, so 19 years old and I'd been a part of a leadership, like kind of discipleship school out in Chilliwack and, um, nearby, nearby city. And, and one day well, as I was worshiping, I just felt God speak very clearly to me. And he just said, I made you a girl on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it, it reached into that, that questioning place of me and healed something in me and started me on a journey of learning to embrace my femininity. Right. So it started me asking these questions of what is a socially constructed stereotype? And then what are just biological differences that lead like that naturally create these, um, these, I would say these roles that just naturally happen. For instance, I have a uterus and that makes me capable of being a mother. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that if you have a uterus and you don't have children, you're not a fully woman. Right. But like the presence of <laughs> the presence of um, a progesterone in mm-hmm. me and, and high levels of estrogen affect the way I think and affect. Yeah, it just it affects my personhood and testosterone impacts you and impacts our sons and the mm-hmm. way they interact with the world and the way they view themselves. So I've kind of looked into it and, um, and have found increasing freedom as I've embraced the fact that I am a female, but that I, even if I'm not like one that fits right. all the stereotypical boxes. Totally. And I think, uh, something that's kind of prevalent in our culture is we think difference means weakness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That like, um, cause I, I do believe, and we do believe that like within, within men and women, there are unique differences mm-hmm. that we're not, we're, we're all equal, but we're different. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can, we can confuse that with like, oh, that's a weakness because you're not, you're not like me. You know what I right. mean? And, and then, so we belittle these differences and we do use them to control and to promote, um, you know, to raise ourselves above other people and use it as a place of control. And I think that's, that really plays into a lot of the feminist movement in a mm. lot of ways is because I don't believe, I don't believe that the feminist movement, um, was started by women. Mm. I think in a lot of ways, the feminist movement was because men looked at the differences within women mm. and used it as an opportunity to control or belittle or, uh, degrade, yeah. degrade women. And, um, and so the feminist movement was a response of like, Hey, actually you can't do that to me. Yeah, exactly. And so what started as, and I know this, you know, over the years it's, there's been so many distortions to the Mm -hmm. feminist movement, but back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when it was simply like the the suffragettes, they were, that word just means like voice. Mm -hmm. Suffragists were just, they were saying like, I have a voice. Yeah. And they were saying, I want to be able to own property and not be property. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so it started. Yeah. That's a good point mm-hmm. that those, and, and it's interesting that as humans, I think we all are resistant to the idea that we have weakness, mm-hmm. but the older I've gotten, the more I've been able to see the reality that I do have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can be honest about that, then we can lean in. And, and I love that even within our marriage vows, Brian, you and I, we, we said that our marriage, that we're going to commit to use our strengths to cover the other's weakness. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is, is me as a female, I do have particular weaknesses that I need to 
surround myself with people who have the other strength that can then cover it and vice versa, that I have strengths that I lend to you to Mm -hmm. cover your weaknesses. Totally. Yeah. So you're right. That so being different, how interesting that we, we claim that we live in a, in an age of like increased diversity, come on diversity. But at the same time we say, if you're not like me, you're like, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're saying both things in a way. Yeah. That's pretty, I, I don't like it. (laughs) I think. So then even within feminine, even within females, there's that sense of like, if I'm not a female like that other female, something must be wrong with me. Totally. And we're or within males. Like if I'm a male. Yeah. And I know we'll cover that. We'll get to that even in this episode. Later. Yeah. And I think, I think that's even key you know, to share a little bit of my story with it. Like I grew up with this idea that like men, all men should play contact sports and should be like just pretty intense people. And you know, right. Like, and it eventually started to morph into like when you start to, you know, mix sexuality into it that like, you know, the most girlfriends I had, you know, or all these sexual conquests that I had made me more of a man, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I think even now today, it's just like, you know, the fat, the more you can drink a beer or, or the faster you can drink a beer or something like that, that makes you more of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, as I've kind of come, you know, as I've, as God's worked in my life and really started to find, and we start to look into the word of God, that's like, there's so many of these distinctives that God calls us to calls me to as a man mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with this world standard, right? It's, it's not, it's not how fast you can drink a beer. It's not, um, it, in some ways it is making the, like the types of choices you make with your desires and with your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like, what, what are you going to do to protect people? Mm-hmm. And so your strength is not to get what you want. Your strength is actually to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Right. Um, and, and actually we start to think about it. The manhood is like nothing about the type of sports you want to play right. or even your hobbies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it is actually about um, you being that protector and you right. being um, that person of honor who helps other people around them reach their potential and, and empower and, and all that, all that stuff. So that's so good. So that kind of, um, you know, a few of the points that we wanted to hit today, we want to talk about how there are real differences between men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are, there are these roles. Some of them are God ordained, we believe, and some of them are just human constructs. Yeah. But then also that, um, there's not a competition between men and women. It's mm-hmm. not about one being better than the other. Totally. Um, and then also just like what you're saying right here about it's not like manhood and feminine. Femininity. <laughs> like I should have said masculine. Masculinity and femininity are not about your hobbies and they're not about your personality. Totally. So um, maybe let's lean into that. What you So you just saying, you know, like you had this thought you had to do sports. You had to do, you know, had to have a certain amount of alcohol, a certain mm-hmm. amount of sexual conquests in order to be masculine. Um, it just reminds me a, a few years back, I did a kind of like a weekend retreat um, with some others. We did it for a group of 14 and 15 year old girls, uh, just as a place for us as as older women to like kind of pour into them, have some conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Such a key time in their life. And uh, I was asked to do one of them, one of the kind of like a morning talk. And I pulled out a chalkboard and I, um, I just said, here, I'm going to give some words 
Um, and I want you to tell me whether you think it would belong in the boy column or in the girl column. Mm-hmm. And I was actually surprised at how perfectly they, um, it was like an example of what I was trying to show them. So I would say words like, I'd say brave. And they'd be like, oh, that's a boy word. I say words like gentle, girl world, girl word, mm-hmm. um, leader, boy word, uh, humble, girl word. And I just, and, and, and it went on and on. And I was actually shocked that these are all girls who were like, you know, they're living on our day and age, like in North America. Come on. Like we, the feminist movement's been around for decades. <laughs> like, and yet there was these stereotypes of what they thought was, was for them and for others. And even I remember saying like, so I confronted that mindset and just said, you guys, like these words like God actually calls all of us to be bold and brave. And God mm-hmm. actually calls all of us to be humble and gentle. Like we can actually be both of those things at the same time even. Right. Um, and I said, you as girls, like you can make a difference in the world. And I remember this one girl's face, like her eyes just widening. And she's saying like, and she's like, wait a minute. You mean you think you think girls can make a difference? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I think. Mm-hmm. And I anyway, so I just realized there really are these socially constructed ideas that God did not invent mm-hmm. um, that are limiting men and women. Right. So included in that, like you said, you mentioned about like hobbies and what you do, with like your your passions in life. Um, unfortunately, there is a stereotype right now. I think it is it is being deconstructed. Um, but I, I am concerned that the church is not at the forefront deconstructing them. That's right. Yeah. Um, is that hundreds of years ago, it was actually like men were, were artists. Right. And that was seen as a noble, like it was a noble profession. Totally. Whereas probably if you're listening to this, either you have, or your parents heard of kind of like what? That's such a girl. That would be a girly profession. Yeah. Anything that would have to do with the arts would be considered like not a noble man, man profession. Right. Right. And so then all these. So what I just think, oh, my gosh, especially having five sons and I look at their different propensities and their different like um, passions. And I think mm-hmm. I never want anyone to tell them you better not spend so much time uh, sketching yeah. or you better not care so much about music or stop dancing that's not, that's not good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, no, those things are all, um, actually like we have a creative God and you put it inside of male and female as an expression of that part of totally. who God is totally. as a creator. So, um, yeah. And then, I mean, we go, we can look at women, the, the, uh, limitations that have been placed on them, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I read this book by, um, Professor Leonard Sachs, and he wrote a book called Why Gender Matters. Mm-hmm. And in it, he talked about how in the earlier part of the 1900s, science, um, specifically physics, was actually the this grades were led by by women, by girls. They were achieving higher grades in physics wow. than boys. Whereas now we would say, you know, people say, oh, you know, boys minds just get science more than girls do. But actually, Leonard Sachs talks about how it's actually the way we've been teaching science is what is influencing the grading. Absolutely. So we have to be careful that we don't speak these things over the next generation or even over ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think like I, you know, not to get on too much of a tangent about the education system, but I even know as a young man, the, the, um, the subjects that I excelled in and, and this, this could differ, like I think within men, but I think, I think we'd be pretty accurate to say that the higher percentage of men, um, specifically young boys deal better with learning on hands-on type thing, not mm-hmm. just sitting and listening, mm-hmm. not just like, Oh my goodness. Like I, <laughs> like I just thinking about our boys and it's like to just like, Oh, are we just talking again? You know, right. <laughs> can we go, can we do something? And like, so I think about like woodworking, phys ed, you know, um, even physics, I really enjoyed a lot more because a lot of the labs were actually more hands-on mm. uh, type experiments that you, mm-hmm. like, it's not just taking in information and, you know, like mm-hmm. just parroting the right answers. Like you actually had to do something to test. And, and I think maybe I just liked labs in general and science were a lot, a lot better, but um, yeah. So I think that's, that's important to take into the matter that like the way that we educate and the way that we approach um, young men compared to young women mm-hmm. is going to be completely different. Absolutely. And that's even this book, Why Gender Matters. He also talked about um, in, you know, kindergarten, grade one, if you were to give a piece of paper to um, to a little girl or to a little boy, um, often the little girls are going to grab multiple colors and are going to draw pictures that have a depth of relation, like actually represent relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and so they're going to have there's going to be a diver like a diversity in the even in facial expression and in and in variety of color. Whereas on the boys page, they're most often going to grab and this is like studies are showing this. They're going to grab a dark color and they're going to focus on um, scenes of action and even battle. Mm. And so so then think about what happens there is that <laughs> is that say you're in a kindergartner or grade one grade two and you're in art class and the teacher's going to come and they might make a comment like, Oh, why don't we add a little color to that? Or, Mm -hmm. Oh, I think we should try something that doesn't include gore and battle. Anyway. So then the boy is going, Oh, and then he, she goes over to the girl and says like, Oh, what lovely colors. And right. Right. And so then the boy maybe gets this perception of like, I guess I'm not as much of an artist that as she is, but Mm -hmm. But it's like those things that that's where the presence or absence of testosterone makes a difference. Totally. And, and when I read that, that gave I thought I just laughed because I think of our boys. They have sketchbooks full of like archers up on the wall shooting arrows and and like Jedi that they've created. Absolutely. Like Star lightsabers. And, yeah. and and when they were young, it was in less. It, there wasn't as much detail now as they're getting older. Mm-hmm. Then they're starting to add in those other things. But yeah. Anyway, so those so be so maybe I'd say even parents listening to this, be careful how you communicate mm-hmm. um, to your children based yeah. on what you think of uh, what you're what you've been trained to think of gender stereotypes, so or constructs, good. that so kind good. of stuff. Yeah. So right now, like the there's like a saying going around, the future is female. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think, like I said before, like with the feminist movement, like this is this is just a reactionary response to this this type of belittling of women and um, kind of the suppressive nature in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you how do you approach that topic? Like when when there has been excess, when there has been, you know, that that type of suppression, how do you then you know, go the other way. How do you bring it back to a place of a balance that the future actually is not just female. The future is male and female. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I've had to, I've wrestled through that thought because I, obviously I am a female, but then I am a mother of, of boys. And when I see that statement, the future is female, I know what it's trying to do, but in a way it's, it's so, um, exclusive against Mm -hmm. my own, against my children. Right. So I, I just, I'm like, no, I'm not okay with a future that would be primarily female. I Mm -hmm. don't think God ever intended for this to be a competition that we act. And I think that if we're going to be followers of Christ and like believers, even in the scriptures, it says that God made male and female both in the image of God and that he said both were good. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to push one down in order to get above. Um, And I, yeah, I think that even, I, I don't know, right now I'm just thinking of like Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. and how he would talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, and he, it wasn't about oppressing one for the sake of the other to, to be right, risen, right. you know, so, so I try to have a really balanced view in that as a female and to not make it be about a competition, um, but to actually, yeah, to honor both the differences and. Mm-hmm. the differences in, in male and female and say we're both necessary and we can find a way to work together. That again, that's diversity. Right. Um, instead of excluding one. Yeah. And I think like we think about even last year, Gillette got on a huge, oh, yeah. huge kind of battle and mm-hmm. took a lot of heat because of their whole toxic masculinity approach to mm-hmm. what it means to be a man, you mm-hmm. know? And it's, it's really interesting because it just seemed like anything that, um, anything that is risk taking or anything that is, um, maybe aggressive in nature, mm. um, or is, yeah, I just, I just think a lot of the, the things that they, they put out is just like immediately if it has any sort of tense, like any sort of similarity, um, or has any sort of seasoning of these, these dynamics, it's bad. Mm. And, and I think what's really interesting and important to talk about is like aggression can be used to save people's lives. Yeah. Right. It's the very thing that we look at, um, at firefighters and, and I know firefighters can be men or women, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think these are the types of things that, um, that we look at very nobly that like, wow, they took their aggression and Mm -hmm. the intensity and the, the strength to use it to protect somebody and to save somebody else's life. That's right. And so it's, it's not, it's not necessarily the, the presence of these things, the presence of aggression, but the direction of these things. Yeah, that's So really are good. you using your aggression to, um, to promote yourself or to belittle others or to get what you want, mm-hmm. or are you using it to compliment other people, right. to help other people and to, to really make a difference in the world? But like, you know, I just I found it so interesting that like in that in the commercial that Gillette did, they they show these two young boys who were obviously playfully wrestling. Yeah. And they made it as if like, oh, that should be something that stopped because mm. and it's just like, well, hold on a second. Like nobody's hurting anybody. Right. Um, This is actually good for them. Yeah. You know, right. This is actually, you know, this this is important for their development in a lot of ways. And it's 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 interesting, too, as we look at some studies that like. um. I'm trying to remember where the study was, but um, it showed that that dads or parents who wrestled with their sons, Mm -hmm. the inner ear, actually Mm -hmm. like the shaking and the the rallying and and all that goes on. And like when I wrestle with our boys, it actually helps the inner ear to develop. Mm. And so they actually hear clearly 
they actually can and um, and help with balance balance. and everything. And and it's really interesting. I think it's something to consider that we want to take and just completely get rid of of all these things because we we think that that leads to destruction in society when actually we need to be talking to young men and saying your aggression is a good thing. Your strength, your boldness is a good thing, Mm -hmm. but you need to be using it to help others. Right. Right. It's so true. I know. Yeah. Our our guys are so drawn to sticks in the forest. I wonder for how many, Mm -hmm. how many thousands of years have little boys used sticks to, (laughs) to hit trees, to hit, you know, how, how long, how many generations was it before, Mm -hmm. you know, the first, the first little boys picked up sticks and hit against each other and did a test of strength against one another. And I've heard, yeah, this, that the wrestling is good for boys because it teaches them in a playful way the limits of their strength and, and yeah, and like the, um, like it sharpens their skills of mm-hmm. how to control themselves. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And oh man, there's so many, I'm like, there are so many tangents we could oh, go off on that. So gender was never meant to cause a battle. The future is not only female, the future belongs to us all. And we have to... Yeah, not just belittle, not just be like, oh, boys will be boys or, oh, that's just how girls are. It's mm-hmm. like, no, we actually need to develop our strengths and move in the direction of maturity for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, again, covering each other's strength, weaknesses with our strengths. So. Right. I know we've kind of weaved this last point through a lot of what we talked about. Um, you know, I even made the comment that, you know, women can be firefighters just as much as men can. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also we've been talking about how the presence and absence of testosterone does play a huge role mm-hmm. um, in uh, in even women and men's desires to be in di- different jobs and have different positions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, like, what would you what would you say to that? Yeah, I think um just even recently during the last election here in Canada, I saw an article where someone was saying they were very concerned that the representation of women was still so low when it came to the political realm. And I, and I agree that we need to be like creating equal opportunity, but I don't think we should be surprised that women are going to just naturally be less inclined to go into those kind of into those positions that are a little bit more. um, How do I say that? Like they're right in front of all the criticism Mm -hmm. because and this is a, it's a good thing. It's not a weakness in women is that we do have the presence of the estrogen. It does actually, if we, get, if we lean to it, it actually makes us more nurturing and less like, Hey, let's fight. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's, you know, and, and, um, and so if a woman's not rushing to be in front of the whole nation, um, at the center of conflict, we shouldn't be surprised at that. And so but we also should respect the women who are. It's like you actually are probably exerting far more boldness to mm-hmm. be there. And so if if a woman is leaning in that direction to be a fireman or to be, um, you know, police or to be in politics or these places, these public places where they are targeted either physically or intellectually or emotionally, mm-hmm. um, that we sh- we can support her in that role. But we shouldn't be surprised that that women aren't necessarily drawn to those roles. Right. Um, so in the, I guess you'd say, um, you know, in the same way, what if a man wants to, what if a man wants to be a nurse? Like, heck yes, Mm -hmm. do it. Like you are needed there. And so Mm -hmm. we, again, we should be supporting and, 
um, making it possible for them to be there without any ridicule or like the sense of like, that's not, um, you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't like it when we think that if a woman doesn't do these like really intense jobs that she's somehow forfeiting her power or something like that. Or if mm-hmm. a man, um, or if a man moves into a, a role that would be m- like more traditionally nurturing, that he is forfeiting something, but rather that people would just actually like the way God has designed them, that they would go like, God, what do you have for me? What makes me come alive? Where am I able to contribute most to society? Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we don't get boxed into those stereotypes in that yeah, way. Totally. And a, a beautiful movie that we just watched um, in the fall was Harriet. If you haven't seen it yet, oh, yeah. it's so powerful. Um, the story of Harriet Tubman in during the civil, it was during this right before the civil war. That's right. Um, and she, as a slave escaped through the underground railroad, but then she just out of, it was out of love. She then went and risked her life over and over again to bring more. She would go back down to the South mm-hmm. and, and escort people back up to freedom. And she ended up, I was blown away, but she ended up being, she still is the, I think it was, she's the first and only female to ever lead um, like a regiment within the army during the civil war. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole bunch of men who saw the courage in her and just said like, I'll follow that. Yeah. But she wasn't doing it to be followed. She was simply doing it to make a difference. Yeah. And so, um, and that's actually reminds me of a quote by Margaret Thatcher um, where she said, it used to be that we were, um, that we would, we were doing things because we were called to it. And now we're doing things because we want to be someone. Mm. And so I think that women have to really guard against selfish ambition in this era Mm -hmm. of this sense of, I have to do it in order to prove something in order to make sure that I'm not wasting something or to, it's like, no, like let's not put ourselves into those boxes. Yeah. And I think, you know, even from like, I don't know if you'd say like a business standpoint, but it's just like, instead of taking somebody's gender into the consideration Mm. of a certain position, Mm -hmm. it's like, can they meet the requirements that that job is going to entail? So we're not, we're not going to bring in, you know, ethnicity. We're not going to bring in all these things. This is like for to use firefighter as an example, Mm -hmm. you're going to be exposed to situations where there's going to be heavy lifting. You're probably, you might have to lift another, another human being Mm -hmm. out of a burning building. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to handle those responsibilities? And it's not like, oh, well, we should lower the standard. It's like, well, no, the job entails yeah. those things. So if you can't handle those things, maybe this isn't the job for you, mm-hmm. um, whether it comes to CEOs or if it comes to whatever. If that mm-hmm. person is qualified for the position, mm-hmm. then great. Mm-hmm. Male or female. Mm-hmm. Can they meet the requirements and can they can they follow through with what those those different positions are going to require them? Yeah, that's so good. Um, and not make it about a man or a woman thing. Yeah. You know? And we've talked with our kids about how um, even in that, I mean, that's a, maybe a challenge that women face is they're like, oh, my my actual body has these limitations. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked with our sons about how even with athleticism, in order for a woman to like, it's just it is the way it is, is yeah. that women, we just carry fat stores more than men. Yeah. And it takes more work for us to build up muscle. And yeah. so a woman is going to have to work harder in order to get the same from, result. From the studies I've seen about 30% harder. Right. Yeah. So if a woman is achieving that, like, man, we applaud you, Yeah. but you also don't despise your gender mm-hmm. just because of those like biological limitations. Seriously. You know, and I think that's where I, we're seeing a lot of internal war 
and yeah. even self-hatred yeah. where men are saying, I see the, I see the troubles and the challenges it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. I wish I was a woman. And then women who are saying, I see the limitations of mm-hmm. being a woman. I wish I was a man. Right. Or I see the dangers even, I would say, of being a woman. I wish I was a man. And, yeah. and, and so we have to, I believe, as followers of Christ, say, for some reason, God, you said I was called to be a woman. Yeah. And God called you to, right, he has called you to be a man. Yeah. And can we be, can we be yielded to the creator and say, show mm-hmm. me then, show me yeah. the purpose of this, right? Yeah. Like that day when I was 19, he said, Bonnie, I made you, I made you a woman on purpose mm-hmm. and how it, it opened up this whole new door of like, okay, well then show me what that is. Yeah. And now I realize, Whoa, God, like, because you've called me to be, a, you've called me to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And as a woman or a, a man can never be a, a mother and a woman can never be a father. Yeah. And that's okay. Like every creature has its own limitations, totally. but when we lean into it, we find freedom. Yeah. And I think on both sides, just as we're closing up here, I think on both sides and male and female, the different distinctives that make us who we are, they're horrible masters, but they're great servants mm-hmm. that all of these distinctives that we have as men and women need to be submitted to the Lord's leadership, because that was always the context in which he gave these distinctives to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this today, I want to say like the way God has made you is the perfect way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you're able to take all your emotional uh, distinctives, your sexual distinctives, your physical distinctives and submit them to God, yeah. that is when they actually get to be a beautiful servant and blessing in your life. And we understand that there's, there's pain because of, um, some of these, these boundaries bring cross, but we want you to know that there's always the hope of restoration. That's why we are doing what we're doing at the union. It's because we really do believe that God can restore and make all things new. Yeah, that's right. So I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. We'd love to hear some, your, some of your response, some of your thoughts. What was the name of that book again, Bonnie? That Why Gender Matters by Leonard Sack. Yeah. So check that out. We can even maybe put a link in the show notes, but, mm-hmm. um, we'd love to hear from you. Like I said, feel free to leave a comment or, Uh, subscribe and uh, give a review. It just helps us to get more exposure. So we are so glad you tuned in. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at the Union Movement.